Hi there, I'm James Minor, one of the leaders of the church, and I just wanted to welcome you to our podcast. I hope it stirs, inspires, and encourages you. Our pastor, David Dark, will be preaching for us. Enjoy the message. No doubt there's many issues in your life, many areas that you need prayer. So together, corporately, even though there is a lot of space between us, we can come together and pray together. We can pray that God brings divine comfort for those suffering with loss at this time. We can pray for salvation in these last days for our loved ones, for our friends, our families and our colleagues. We can pray for divine healing for those that are sick. We can pray for financial breakthrough for those who are needing jobs in this time of mass unemployment. We can pray that God can speak to us in a time of false doctrine. Where we are, I have no doubt that you have your own personal needs, which I cannot list because I don't know, but you know, and God knows. So where we are, just take a minute, just lift up your hands where you are in your house, and let's pray, let's speak to God. God, I pray, in in this time, in these last days, uh, we get a greater realisation of who you are and what you have done, that we hold on to the news that you are the overcomer, you are the way maker, you are a miracle worker, you are the light of the darkness. God, I pray that in these dark times, let your word illuminate the path that we can follow you, that we can walk by not our own understandings, by your direction. God, we pray for those that are dealing with loss, those that are dealing with fear, those that are full of anxiety, those that have had their mental state assaulted by the issues of the world, God, them divine peace, God, I pray, pray let us partake in the reckless love of your Son that died on the cross and rose from the grave for us. God, we fully take God our steps towards you and away from the world. We turn from our sinful we turn from our sinful we consecrate our minds to you, we dedicate our lives to you and we God, as we carry our crosses, we journey towards you, towards the destiny you have for us. God, we are all limitations. God, we strive for towards your will. God, you are worthy, you are worthy, God, all the praise, God. We continue, God, that our faith shall not be impacted, God. You are worthy, you are worthy, God. We thank you, God, that your word can reflect who we truly are. You are thankful, God. God, we are thankful that you are the God of heaven. God, we are thankful for all that you have done, Lord. I pray you look at us, God, with cheerful thoughts, God. As you look at your people, let you just see Calvary. God, we thank you that you are God alone. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Again, I thank you for joining us. We just want to start off with a couple of announcements. This evening we have our regular Sunday evening service at 6 o'clock. It will be taking place over Zoom and we will be doing something. We'll be starting something new called Solar Scriptura. 
Now the name implies illumination of a scripture and that is what we need in these last days. We need the scriptures to light the way for us and to come alive that we can walk in the path that God wants for us. So what this will be is it will take place over Zoom and what will happen is people will come with scriptures. People will have questions based off of scriptures or they'll have scriptures they don't fully understand and what this will be, this will be an open forum where you can lay these questions to our pastor, to our consecrated saints and they'll be able to really illuminate what this scripture means and the relevance it has for our lives and for these last days we're living in. That would be tonight at 6 o'clock. If you need the Zoom details, please speak to Brother Jaden. We have during the week many events, but the main event we have is our Thursday service, which is Behind the Veil. If you can make it, it will be on the same Zoom meeting as this evening. Speak to Brother Jaden. These Behind the Veil were started off with the last days in mind. Many people have many questions, and this forum is for people to ask these questions because there are many around. There are questions that people have dealt with all their lives, so this Behind the Veil is a forum where you can come. Again, ask Brother Jaden for the detail. That starts at 8 o'clock on Thursday. Now, on Monday, we have a games night, which some of the brothers and sisters organise. Again, ask one of the brothers or one of the leaders of the church if you want details for that. Just because we're in lockdown and actually meeting people face-to-face may be an issue doesn't mean we can't still fellowship and get involved in discipleship and bond with each other. Amen. Jesus wanted his church to be united and be one and coronavirus will not separate his church. Division will not take place and that's why we have our Monday fellowship meeting. Again, ask a brother for Zoom details about that. And then we have next Sunday, we will be live streaming again. I would encourage you to subscribe to the channel that way and if you do happen to forget i know that uh, many days can form into one when we're on lockdown and many people are spending most of their time at home we can't forget what day it is i'd encourage you to subscribe to the youtube channel that way when we are hosting a live stream you will get a notification to your phone and that way you won't miss out on the word god has for you with that in mind we want God to speak to us this morning as we take an offering. If you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to Proverbs 3 verse 5. I was thinking in these times we're in at the moment, this is a time of mass unemployment. Unemployment figures are going up. People are finding themselves furloughed. People are finding the actual opportunity to gain wealth is extremely limited. Hundreds of thousands of people are signing on for unemployment benefit for financial support. Many people are furloughed and looking for work elsewhere while they can't do anything apart from stay at home. People are looking for delivery jobs, supermarket jobs, but getting a job in this time is something proving very difficult for many people. All you have to do is look at the newspapers, listen to the news and you'll hear fear, you'll hear worry about the economic crisis, about the government having to rush through, easing lockdown. Why? Because they want people to get back into work because they're scared of mass employment and they're scared about the economy. 
I think of my own situation. My contract for my job ended, I believe it was uh, the last week of March, the first week of April. Literally, I've been in this job for the, maybe the two years prior. This was the worst possible time for my contract to end. I could not have planned it any worse. So here it is, my contract ends, I start applying for jobs. I start seeing, do you know what, what can God do? I'm hearing all this fear, I'm hearing, I'm getting back on my phone about how these interviews are being cancelled for the moment. I hear about these interviews that are how, taking place virtually over the telephone or over Skype. And I'm thinking, do you know what, this is going to be difficult. I've got savings, but I don't want to live off them savings. Them savings will fill my future. So I start thinking and I start praying and I start contending and I get an interview. I go to that interview. This interview is in a different line of work than what, one that I've ever been in before. But I'm believing God. I tell a couple of brothers, I tell the pastor that I will pray for you. I go to this job and I don't end up getting it. However, the person that's interviewing me sounded like she really liked me. She was like, oh, the answers you gave were amazing, but I didn't get it. The next week, I go to another interview by the same employer, and lo and behold, it's the same person interviewing me. So I get there, and I'm asked exactly the same questions, but I'm thinking, do I, I didn't get the last job. Do I give exactly the same answers? And I even said that out loud. And the woman was like, do you know what? For these questions, you should give exactly the same answer because your answers were amazing. I even wrote down, I started giving quotes. I felt like I was preaching during my interview. And she was like, Joel, say this. And I ended up getting the job. My job at the moment is a very reasonable wage job. I'm working for the NHS. I'm working in triage. When someone needs an appointment, I get their records and I have to look at how severe their issue is and book them appointments according to how severe they are. It is a pretty significant and important job. It is a job where sometimes life and death can be in a hand that I need to make sure that I book them appropriate appointments. And I think of all this that I'm doing is something I'm not really qualified to do, but God made a way in a time where there was Almost, it was going to be very difficult for most people. I heard about a week ago, another sister in our church, she's just got a job as well. And people are getting jobs. And people that have tied before are getting jobs. And I'm in no doubt that God looks after the people that give. And that is why my testimony and what I've seen is when you look after God, God will look after you. One man once said, if you scratch God back, God's back, he will scratch yours I think of in the scripture I gave out, Psalms 3.9, it says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean on your own understanding. The heart is a vital organ. You cannot live without it. A little time without your heart and you're a goner. You are no more. Now many people, they feel that way but about their finances. They feel that without money, they cannot live. Without their finances, they are insignificant, they are nobodies. But I want to tell you that, you know what, money is, does not make the Christian world go around. God has an economy which isn't affected by unemployment figures. You see, I wonder today, if we trust God with all of our heart, 
would we trust him with our finances? Because our own understanding is that if our money was taken away all today, we'd be worried. We'd be like, how am I going to survive? But the thing is, you would. But if you had your heart removed, you would not survive. And I want to encourage you today that if you'd only trust God with your heart, you will understand fully what God is doing in your life, what God is able to do. I hear testimonies about people giving, giving outlandish, audacious sums that they do not, that does not make understanding that any um, that someone involved in finance would be like, what are you doing? That does not make sense. But literally, when you trust God with all of your heart, uh, he will lead you, not by your understanding. And that is what we want to pray today. While you're there in your homes, let God speak to you about an audacious sum. Let God speak to you about tithing. Let God speak to you about a faith offering. Because in these times, God can make a way that goes beyond all understanding, which goes beyond any what anyone would think is possible. And where we are, I just want to take a moment. I just want to pray over the offering. God, I pray. Where people are in their homes, I pray that you plant burdens on their hearts. Burdens to give. Burdens to see a need and see it met. Burdens of giving. That they will trigger divine breakthroughs in their lives. God, I pray that we will give and it will cause a revival in these last days that you have prophesied over. God, I thank you for all you're going to do and we pray you bless the gift and the giver in Jesus' name. Amen. dilemma, 
of difficulty. A solution is where you bring something to rectify that problem. You bring something to unravel an issue. You utilize a process, a mechanism, an item, an object that will aid you to deconstruct the dilemma. I want to look at this morning in a sermon I called Solution and the theme of it is Black Lives Matter. Let's read from our text. Our text will be 2 Samuel chapter 13. 2 Samuel chapter 13 verse 19. We'll read. Then Tamar put ashes on her head and tore her robe of many colours that was on her and laid her hand on her head and went away crying bitterly. And Absalom her brother said to her, Has Ammon your brother been with you? But now hold your peace, my sister. He is your brother. Do not take this thing to heart. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. But then King David heard of all these things. He was very angry. And Absalom spoke to his brother Ammon, neither good nor bad. For Absalom hated Ammon because he had forced his sister Tamar. The solution. In our text, or before we go to our text, self-evident, whether in the United States of America and somewhat over here to a lesser degree, there is turmoil. The turmoil, as we know, is over an individual called George Floyd who was killed. Primarily was killed by four officers, so the charges are saying and how that's all going to work out. But it's not controversial to say he was killed by Derek Chauvin, I believe his pronunciation of his name is. 44-year-old police officer who decided to put his knee on George Floyd's neck and asphyxiate him to death. This is a major problem. And the dilemma is, it's a recurring problem. And so, I'm going to look at the perspective of what the Word of God and the Spirit of God is. 2 Timothy chapter 3, where it says the Word of God is not written by man, but it's God-breathed. Theophanutos. It is divinely inspired by the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead. Yes. In our text, a lady called Tamar, who is the daughter of David, has been raped by her half brother violated 
he's done the deeds. I'm unlike many a man after they've gained their physical satisfaction, has cast her out and he hates her more than he desired her. And her full brother called Absalom comes along. He discerns and he works it out. What has transpired? He said, has your brother Ammon been with you? In other words, has he violated you? She confirms it has happened. Major, major devastation. Now this is the crux in life. Life is about learning. Life is about Undertaking information and implementing it and making an application of what you have not done before and making that you do the next time. Mm. How is this issue going to be handled? What will be the solution? David, the father of Absalom and Ammon, he finds out about it. It's been conveyed to him what has transpired. Your son has violated his half-sister. David's reaction was, he was angry. David was angry, but he didn't give a solution. David was vexed. But there was no solution. David was apoplectic. He was absolutely furious. But he offered no solution. Absalom, it says, neither answered or expressed any anger or disanger to his brother Ammon. He was just cold and neutral. But he's thinking. Yes. And one of the things you've got to ask yourself the question is, David, you're angry, but you don't give a solution. And you have the power to bring a solution. Mm. Preach. One of the things that people have done very well in interacting with this crisis, with what's transpiring and the death of George Floyd, they've learnt the lesson of David. There's been many a young man, many a young woman, older, whatever, and everywhere within social media, whether it be emails, texts, WhatsApp, Instagram, whether it be, I'm assuming, Facebooks and all these, if all the social media, We are in accord. We are of one purpose. What went down is wrong. A reiteration of phrases going around. We are in agreement with this cause. This is an injustice. Now this is good because what we've done is we've learned from David's mistake. We're not putting our heads 
in the ground. We're not sweeping things under the carpet. What transpired was not wrong, but we can actually say openly it is murder. There's none of this kind of like going around or styling it out. It is, we've learned from David's mistake. We've learned David handled it wrong. We've learned that David is swept to the side. No, we're in solidarity with this. We're in union with this. This is wrong. Black lives do matter. We are coming with a solution to show that we are in unity with this absolute violation and this absolute horror. But here's the question. In Absalom's life, there's two solutions he did not get. One of them was from David. And admittedly, think the nation has responded and they corrected David's mistake. We're not only angry, we go further than that. We agitate. But the other person in David's life, or Absalom's life, is a man called Ahithophel. Ahithophel joins a rebellion that Absalom kicks off against his father David because he believes David never brought a solution. He was after more than just anger. So Absalom looks to bring his own solution by killing his brother Amnon. He murders his brother because that's, that's Absalom's solution. The man is angry. The man is enraged. The man is engulfed with absolute fury. Ahithophel, who is David's counsellor and advisor, joins Absalom. Absalom, I am with you. I turn on your father, David. I'm in unity with you, Absalom. I'm going with you, Ahithophel, David's wisest advisor. I am with you. But, Ahithophel, why? Why have you made the fatal mistake what David made? You've come with no solution. Hmm. Absalom is angry. Absalom has got murder in his heart. Hmm. Absalom is hurting. Absalom is in pain. Absalom is enraged and he doesn't know what to do. And whatever he is choosing to do is not the solution. But Hitherfell, you are renowned to be wise. Yes. You are renowned to be a man of prudence. But like David, you offer this young man no solution. As Christians, with all the bouncing around social media, 
Solidarity, solidarity, we're in accord, we're in accord, we're in unity. Wonderful. We've got to ask ourselves. I've got to ask myself. The young men, the young women, who me and us as Christians, with all that outrage, which would be argued is justified, with all the anger, with all the vex, with all of the irritation, what is the solution? What is the solution that we're giving these young people? Preach, come on. You see, the other innocent parties in this are the peaceful protesters. But the question is, what solution is the Christian bringing? You've got guys, young men, they're coming, they're on WhatsApp. And in the WhatsApp message, it is positive phrases. We learn from David. We're with you, one accord. Black lives matter, black lives matter. Is that not true? No, but something is missing. And that is the solution. You see, these young men and these young women, our, our younger brothers, our younger sisters, our, 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 our children, um, and, and those in our family, they know where to get the anger. They know where to find anger. Yes. They know where to find the information to teach us about oppression. If I want to learn about oppression, I can go to a black Nubian or I can go to a black Jew. He would tell me about all the oppression that the black people have suffered. Mm. If I want to learn more, or the young person wants to learn more about slavery and about the history of slavery, he could go to his university black professor or some lecturer in university and he would tell them about the horrors, the pain, the injustice in regards to slavery and the history of slavery. They know where to find those people. If they want to keep the memory alive of the injustice and of the pain and of the anger that they feel, if they want to keep that memory, you know, we just got to keep the memory alive. We can never forget. We can never forget. Well, it's not hard for that person, that young person, to find someone in order to keep the memory of the injustice alive. That's not hard. They can, they can find that with the celebrities. They can find that with the famous people who will be speaking about it, who will be coming out with the platitude. Black Lives Matter, let's keep this alive. Let us not forget George Floyd. They know where to go to get that information. Yes, yes. How about if the young man, he wants to take it to another level? You know what? I want revenge. You know what? This ain't right. We want payback. We want to pay back for the blood of George Floyd that was shed on the pavement. We want to pay back. He could go out. He could go out and find his friends. He could go out and find roadmen. And they could go out and make and, and undertake a retaliation. That is not difficult for them. Come on, preach it. How about we take it? even to another level how about we take it to the level of terrorism 
We could take it to a level of terror. So it, we could go out and we could even up the game from just sheer random violence. We can make it organized violence and we can make it lethal. He knows where to go. He knows who to contact. He can go to Antifa, the extreme left-wing movement that is capitalizing upon this innocent man, George Floyd, in order for their own political gain. It's not difficult. But you know what? This is the irony. Because when they're coming to us as a Christian, they're not looking for us to reinforce their anger. They know where to go in order to reinforce their anger. That's right, they're not going to someone in order to cultivate their pain. Mm. They know where to go. My sister, I thought they're coming to you because you said. Mm. You articulated, you witnessed to them, you told them the gospel, you told them you was an activist for Jesus Christ, yet they come to you and you and me, we're only reiterating the same thing as the black Jews, we're reiterating the same thing as the celebrities, we reiterate the same thing as those in Tifa, we reiterate the same thing as those powerful elites in the university, but they didn't need that they know where to go to get that they came to you as a christian and me for a solution yes preach mm. and so absalom absalom is a troubled man he is so troubled by what has happened to the injustice of his sister and feeling no one's dealing with it. David has made the mistake of sweeping this thing under the carpet. Yet, Ahithophel, you who are known for wisdom, yes. why don't you defuse the situation? And by diffusing it, it's not saying forget about the injustice. But Hifferfell, don't Jewish lives matter? Hmm, come on. If this carries on, the very person who you are teaming up with might not be living. Hmm. If this anger and this rage is not dissipated. And don't make the logical fallacy by saying because you choose to defuse something, you're justifying an injustice. That's a false and a logical fallacy. But is it not the Christians where Jesus said, you are my people. Let me tell you something about my people. Let me tell you something about those who are purchased by the blood of the lamb. They are wise. Be wiser than a serpent. What do you mean? Bring a solution. You are going to be the salt of the world. What do you mean? In other words, you're going to preserve decay. What do you mean, Jesus? I'm saying you are a solution. Yes, preach. Mm. You are going, literally, my people, Christians, you're going to be the light of the world. What do you mean? In other words, you bring a solution to things.
Jesus dealt with this. In chapter 13 of Luke, Jesus is questioned by some Jews. And in chapter 13, what transpired? They say to Christ, say, Christ, what about what happened to the Galileans? Where Pilate, the Roman governor, sprinkled and mingled their blood with their own sacrifices. Pilate unjustly cut them down as some type of warped solution. But they weren't doing anything. These men were innocent. These men never transpired anything. And yet they died. We're talking to you, Christ Jesus, for a solution to this dilemma because we can't synchronize it in our mind. We're struggling with it. We're angry. We're enraged. What is your response? Speak. And Jesus says this. Unless you repent, you will likewise perish now. This is where these people would get offended. Why? Because it's as if, Christ, you're turning it back on us. Yeah. We didn't kill the Galileans. Pilate killed them. How can you be telling us to repent as if we had done something wrong? How can you be turning on us? How can you almost be accusing us as if the problem is with us? But that's not what Christ is solely saying. The reason why he said repent, because repentance, the first thing repentance touches, it touches the heart. Yes. That is what Christ believes the solution is, heart. Because all racism is the sin of the heart. Come on. All prejudice is the sin of the heart. Sin, in Greek, hamateo. Literally, you miss the mark. Racism is missing the mark of the glory of God. It is sin. Yes, preach it. Jesus goes for the heart because he knows that's the solution. Absalom's pain. He's killed his brother. But Absalom is still in pain. Amnon is dead. But Absalom is still hurting. Question, where's the pain? Come on. The pain is not in his arm, not in his leg. It's not even in his neck. The pain's in his heart. To Jesus, Jewish lives matter. That's why I want to heal your heart. Repent. Because once you repent, you can receive the peace that surpasses all understanding. Mm. You speak to some of these young guys. I've been in youth ministry for over 20 years. In some way, shape or form. And including working in the secular world with the youth. One of the things what... You see, when you speak to young people, and even now, it's the pain. Yes. The thing with this George Floyd thing, this poor man who lost his life, and you speak to people, and what, it's the pain they feel. That's right, preacher. It's the pain. They're not dying. 
They're not suffocating. They're not being strangled. But they feel pain of what occurred. And the madness is. Absalom. When his sister was violated unjustly. His response was. He neither said good to his brother. Or he neither said bad to his brother. Who's his silent. Why do those silent moments come? They come for an opportunity for someone to speak solution into the heart. Yeah. And what's heartbreaking? Young men, young women, they are receiving, receiving communication, social media. Not from black Jews, not from Nubians, not from nation of Islam, not from celebrities and famous football stars. They're not receiving it from pop singers. They're not receiving it from Antifa. They're not receiving it from university lectures. They're receiving it from Christian. And all the message reinforces is their pain. And they're silent. When their friends ask them, what did your Christian brother say to you? I know your brother's saved, bro. Or what did your Christian sister say to you? Or what did your little brother say to you? Or what did your mum or your auntie, your Christian friend at work, what did they say to you? And they turn around to their friend and they say, they said the same thing that other people are saying. They just reinforced my pain. They just reinforced my anger. They just reinforced my rage but I went to them not to do that I thought they were Christians and able to bring me a solution Jesus comes and he says I come to bring a solution that is peace to your heart yes. But what does that mean? You're sweeping it under the carpet. You've got to keep practical. You can't just keep it under the carpet. Okay, after you be practical and after you show your one accord, bring a solution. After when you, after when we, we, we demonstrate that, do you know what? We're in unity with this cause. Black Lives Matter. No problem. Wonderful. Absolutely true. But after that, bring a solution. Yes. After when we show that we are not ostracists with our heads in the ground, that the church, we need to be relevant. If we don't speak about it, we're not relevant. So we've got to show our relevancy. But after you show how relevant you are, bring a solution. Yeah, that's good preaching. Come on. Jesus said, your lives matter so much to me. I want you to have a solution. You see, this ain't new to Christ. Yes. And this ain't new to the word of God. In chapter 26, there was a man who kind of felt the same way as many people feel today. His name was Judas Iscariot. He was sitting there in Luke 13 when they asked him about the Galileans. How come the Romans, they killed the Galileans and sprinkled the blood? And it's like, you know, what do you think about that? You are meant to be a solution, Christ. What do you think about? Judas was there and he heard that answer. 
And the thing was happening in Judas, it's very deep, very deep. Why? Because Judas would be, of, would be thinking, wait, Jesus, are you aware that when Rome invaded Israel, they raped our women like most invaders do? They killed men, they killed fathers, Jesus. Young boys saw their fathers murdered by Roman soldiers. Young boys saw their mothers violated. This is war, Jesus. This is what happened in our country. They've just asked you about the blood of the Galileans and you're talking about healing their hearts. Not only that, Jesus, I've been with you for a little while. I was there when the servants of a Roman centurion came to you. A Roman soldier, and he got his servants to ask you, Jesus, if you would go along with them in order to heal and bring a solution to one of his servants who is sick. And you've done it. You've done it. You healed an enemy. You know what? I'm going to speak to the Sadducees. I'm going to ask them, what do I need to do to bring a solution to their problem? I'm going to sell you out. But you know what, Jesus? I'm not the sell out. I'm not the traitor. You're the traitor. Because you sold out your own people. We look to you for some direct action. We look to you to be riding on a horse of a conqueror, a white horse, in order to bring a solution to the Jewish problem with the Romans. Shed blood. But you decide to roll in to Jerusalem on a donkey as if you're the Prince of Peace. We don't want peace. We want retaliation. You see you, Christ, I'm going to sell you out. You're finished. Because you are not the solution. Because if the solution does not come the way or in the time come on, yes. we want it to come, Mm. we will throw God's solution away mm, and we will throw ourselves away Yes, preacher. because we were meant to be his solution mm. Mm. I think about speak to youths just like probably you do speak to the young men speak to this, speak to that. and it's funny one of the things what transpired when I was in my mother church in Worcester, I would, I remember there was a, um, there was a young man, and this young man, he was saved and living for God, really radical, really on fire, this is years ago, years ago, years ago, but one of the things is, he started to hang round with, at this time, there was a, a kid in church, he wasn't saved, and he, he brought this young man, this convert, this young youth, back into the world. He, made, he inspired this young man to backslide. 
What was heartbreaking as this young man backslid from being inspired by another young man in church is later on when he backslid, it was only, I don't know, maybe a couple of years later, I found out he committed suicide. And I think about that. And I'm not going to go to, I don't want to put all the blame on this other young man, but it's, that young man needed a solution. Yes. He needed a solution. When I speak to young guys who get radically saved, radically powerfully saved, and a year later they, they're out, they back, see they're out of church, I say, bruv, what happened? Bro, what happened? You're serving God, you're loving God, you're on fire, bro. Now you're back out there, you're undertaking things, you're doing things which is a little bit kind of shady. And bro, you're backsliding, bro. You're in a you're in a dark place. And you say, yeah, it's true, Pastor, it's true, you know. But you know, I said, what happened? What broke? The, what broke your solution? Do you know what they're saying? Yeah, I started hanging out with one or two guys in church who, you know, a couple of other sort of like youth and that, and, and you know what, but they weren't saved and, you know, I was kind of, they were kind of like nurturing me and kind of inspiring me to go back to my old life. And I thought these guys are no different from the life I used to live on the outside. And it's like, but you know what? I, when I came to church, I was looking for something different. I was looking for a solution. When I got saved off the road, I didn't expect to come to church and people want to act like me. Mm. I wanted to act like them, but they're like me in the world. And that was not my solution. So I think, what's the point? Come on, preach it. And this is what happens in a time like this. Mm. People who are unsaved. They're looking now, where's the hope? Where's the hope? Where's the hope? And they are absolutely stunned whether they verbalize it or keep in their heart that the information flow that's coming to them that from even from Christians is the same thing that is in the world and is cultivating and is nurturing and is and is endorsing their pain and their anger and they look at that and say what is any different from out there and ain't got the solution some of these left-wing guys and all of the black Nubians and the black Jews and all of this kind of cultivating my I don't think that's the solution and they come to a Christian and it's like they're saying the same language they're not giving me a solution so you're telling me about pain I know this pain. You're telling me about injustice. I know this injustice. You're telling me what needs to happen in the judicial system. No problem. But after you say that, give me a solution. And the solution I need is to my heart because I'm dying. But you say you've got the gospel and you've got it yet. Just platitudes. And why is it important for these young people to get a solution? These people who, are, who don't know, these peaceful protesters, these young men, young women who are angry and they don't need Christ. Because as we all say, and you were saying, I was saying, black lives matter. And it matters so much that they don't only need to culture us to cultivate their anger and pain. They need a solution that makes them believe they matter. Yes, preach it. Mm. Chapter 27 of Matthew. Here we go. 
questions asked, who do you want? Who do you want to be set free? Barabbas or Jesus? Well, to Caiaphas and the Sadducee gangsters and the Pharisees, they don't believe the Jewish people matter. So who do they ask for? They ask for Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. Why? We don't want no one who's come to heal hearts. We want someone who could do direct action. Barabbas is inside Roman territory of the Praetorium because he's been arrested for killing a Roman soldier. He's retaliated. They kill us, we kill them. That's what, the, that's what he's done. Jesus is there. And the climate is, Jesus ain't killed anyone. He's just healed people. Jesus hasn't killed anyone. He's just preached to people. Jesus hasn't killed anyone. He's just given the gospel. Jesus hasn't killed anyone. He's just made the deaf to hear. Jesus hasn't killed anyone, but anyone who's lame, he's given them the ability to walk. Jesus hasn't killed anyone, but he's told his people that the kingdom of God, my father loves you, and he's reaching out to you. But you see the problem with you, Jesus. We don't need all of this fluffy heart stuff. All of that stuff is irrelevant. You're not practical. You don't deal with where we live. You can't identify with us. You're kind of like out there. You're not down with the, you're not down on the ground you're irrelevant Barabbas he's coming we can identify we're not saying that we're going to go out and do what he does but at least he's doing something practical so you see what Christ you stay with the Romans and let you be flogged and after you be flogged we will all cry out crucify him crucify because we don't want your solution But Jesus, Jesus' solution was the most long-standing solution mm. that would endure. Yes, that's right. Because he knew what the real underlying issue was. Mm. Sin and the healing of the human heart. There's a civil war. Absalom's fighting against his father David. Civil war. Think about this. Amnon. Why Absalom is where he is. Amnon, his half-brother who rapes his sister, he's killed him. He's killed Amnon. Amnon's dead. Right? Is the situation over? He's got revenge. He's retaliated. He's brought a solution. Job done. Amnon's in the grave. Yet, there's still civil war. There's still a war amongst the Jewish people. And that's what Christ is targeting. Yes. He knows... 
A guy can go out and get retaliation. A guy can do this, a guy can do that, a guy can, but he knows. Unless the anger, the rage and the bitterness dissipates, unless that fades away, people will still die. Yes. And many times the very people who we are reinforcing with our anger and rage and this kind of quasi-solidarity and accord and this unity are the very same ones who don't make it. Ahithophel, what do you want? Okay, after Ahithophel joins Absalom, this is the count. Civil War, 20,000 people die, Jews. Amnon's dead. Amnon's dead. 20,000 Jewish lives that matter. How'd that happen? That happened because a man was still angry. That happened because a man was still enraged. And here's the tragedy. That happened because someone who was renowned for wisdom, someone who was renowned to be a light, to bring a solution, decides not to do it. Why? Why does he not bring a solution to Absalom? The reason being is because of Bathsheba. Bathsheba was his granddaughter. Bathsheba was the granddaughter of Ahithophel. David decides to commit adultery, not go out to war in order to sleep with this woman who belonged to another man called Uriah. In order to bring a solution to the problem of Uriah, he has Uriah assassinated and murdered. Ahithophel knows this. Ahithophel's hurt by this. Ahithophel's in pain about this. Ahithophel wants a solution. Absalom, I'm with you in rebellion. Absalom, I'm with you in killing your father. Absalom, I'm with you in taking Israel from your father. I am angry. What a tragedy. That as Christians, because we are so angry, because we are so enraged, because we feel pain, we now communicate that pain to the unsaved. Yes. We communicate our hurt to the unsaved. And now, Ahithophel, you've got 20 corpses, 20,000 corpses. To soothe your pain. On Wednesday, I spoke to one of my friends who's a pastor. I won't say his name. Man was he was hurting so bad with all what's transpiring. The injustice. David, why do these things keep happening? It's not the first time. Why is it keep He's, he's wrestling, and it's not the first time, because things have happened before, and he feels, uh, uh, it, I, it's deep for him, like it is for many. But then he said something. I've got so many people calling me from my church. Mm. But you know what I have to do, David? I have to tell them, I have to encourage them. I have to tell them, do you know what I know, but... 
Let's, we can fight for justice. Let's keep our heart right. Yes. Jesus Christ is the way. Jesus Christ. And, and he's reinforcing hope. He's reinforcing life. He's reinforcing the arena, which is peace, a tranquility, a serenity to dull their anger, to dull their pain, to dull their rage. But while he's doing that, he is fighting every part of his being because he's as angry as they are. Yeah, yes. But he knows it's no solution. If he does not hold back his own pain, his own hurt, and reinforce their pain, reinforce their hurt, that they go out and they break ranks with Christ and they do something that is detrimental to themselves and does not bring a solution to the issue or to themselves. Matthew chapter 26. Judas is coming in the garden of Gethsemane. He kisses Christ on his cheek. Rabbi. He's come to bring his own solution. Because he's not into all of this Jesus stuff. All of this church stuff. All of this irrelevant church stuff. That keeps telling people. Go for the heart. Go for the heart. No, 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 no. He, Judas believes that's not the answer. So he brings his own solution. And one of these men. As the temple guards and the Roman soldiers come. His name's Peter. He says, should I strike? And irrespective of what Christ done or said or his action, he struck and he hit the ear. He cuts off the ear of one of the high priest servants. And Jesus turns round to him and says, Peter, put away your sword. Those who fight by the sword will die by the sword. He's saying, Peter, that is not the solution. Yes, yes. Why? Because Peter, it was you who said in Matthew 16, when you said, when I asked you, who am I? And you said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And I told you, I am going to bring a solution to this planet upon your confession. I'm going to build my church. And my church, which is the solution, the gates of hell will not prevail. Peter, what's the point if you're dead? What is the solution if you're in the grave? What is the solution if you are no more? What is the solution if your life's being taken? What solution do we give people who are unsafe if we only reinforce their pain? Jesus said, no, Peter, because you are my solution. The question is, and the argument is, well, you know, with all, all the stuff going around, all the stuff going I'm looking at this and <clears throat> the question is, you have no idea, you, you, see, you see these platitudes, you have no idea it comes from, oh yeah, 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 I know, this platitude, I'm read, you, you read it, the young person reads it, wow, yeah, 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 that's from the nation of Islam, no, it's from a Christian, oh yeah, yeah, that's from a black Jew, no, it's from a Christian, no, yeah, 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 that's from a black Nubian, Egyptology stuff, no, it's from a Christian, yeah, 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 that's from Antifa, no, it's from a t Christian, oh yeah, 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 that's from some, um, 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 what's it called, university professor lecturer, no, it's from a Christian, they have no idea, because there's no solution on there. 
Frederick Douglass lived around about 1800s. He was a runaway slave from Maryland. As he's run away, he goes on to be an orator, author, and a campaigner for civil rights. He said this, it's easier to build strong children than repair broken men. Yes. It is easier to build strong children than repair broken men. Do we not get angry? Do we not feel injustice? Do I not feel absolutely? But because black lives matter, I've got to think about the young man and I've got to think about the young woman before I'm sending them information that only reinforces their hurt and their pain. Because their lives do matter. I don't want them to be undertaken in action because they're so wound up. Next thing they get arrested and they get a criminal record. No, I want them to go into their education, come out with some type of legal degree and become some lawyer and then change the judicial system in order to make black lives matter. Thinking about the long game, not just the short game of my anger and my rage. When Christ said, you are meant to be the people of the solution. In Wolverstone, there's a young man I used to be the youth leader of. Came from a sort of a, one of the local estates around, around the church. It's gang wars, one estate versus the other estate. Lethal at times, people were dying just as they do now. This young man got saved. And he was the real deal. Proper road man, proper in there, proper known. And when he got saved, I remember, he got brought to church by, I, I say his auntie, but it's his mum. It's like, there ain't no auntie business, his mum, tight, love. And so, he's serving God. Well, what transpired is his little brothers come into church as well. His little brothers come into church. Technically, because of a little brother. Um, the little brother is dropped off near church. And the little brother's on his way home, back to the estate. A rival estate, rival gang sees this boy's young brother, stabs him up. And when, and when I say stab, multiple times, multiple times, multiple times. I'm even scared to say the number because I think I might be multiple times. I don't know if he's in intensive care, but his life's on, it's like, well, technically he shouldn't really live. The youth, the youth that I'm speaking about, he's in turmoil. Yes. And you know what was so unjust? As the police are investigating it, 
they're giving statements like, well, you know, this is the sort of thing what happens when you're involved in sort of like the gang sort of stuff. Listen, the boy was coming back from an outreach, an impact team, preaching the gospel, giving out flyers, telling other young people, road is not the way to go. Jesus is the way to go. And this policeman comes out with the absolute unwise, prejudiced statement like he's a roadman. The bigger brother is raging inside. Mm. And what makes it worse? He knows the group who done it. How do you deal with that? Mm. How does that roll? And here we go. One of the people who stabbed up his brother got saved a few months later. How do you deal with that? Mm. I mean, this is real. This guy is in church. He's saved. He's come from that life. Now he's dealing with someone who he knows almost killed his brother. And he knows who they are. Now they're in church. He's dying. Dying. You know what transpired? His friends in church. Leaders in church. They said, I'm not a black Jew, bruv. I'm not an Egyptology Nubian man. I'm not some university professor who's come to tell you about your history. That's not what I am. I'm not Antifa. I'm not a social justice warrior who's going to tell you about the injustices of our people. So why there is a justification for us to keep angry. I'm not that. I'm a Christian. Yes. I'm a child of Christ. I'm the light of the world. I'm the salt. I am the solution. Bruv, don't let the anger fester. I'm here to try to nullify, to bring a solution to your heart's pain. Your heart is dying. Your heart is absolutely screaming. Your heart is in absolute terror. Your heart is beating out of your chest for revenge. Bro, I've come to give a solution to your heart. I've not come in order to flame the... Flame your anger, flame the pain, flame because I'm in pain or they're in pain. No, I come as a Christian. I'm not pretending who I am. I am a, I am a solution. I don't come just with questions and questions and reinforce. No, solution. This young man, by the mercy of God, he listened to the solution. With pain, with tears, with wrestling, yes. with hurt, but he listened. He wasn't gonna go out and get done for murder. Come on. He wasn't going to be murdered himself in a retaliation and the spiral keeps going round. He wasn't going to be a statistic and that young person would be the praise and worship leader in Warmenstow today called Kingsley Ahooker 
daring war and stuff, you've got someone who is singing and he's a singing solution. Yeah. Glory to God. You've got his beautiful daughters who come home and hug their, their dad, who's not angry, who's not bitter, who's not enraged. Because their dad has cultivated the spirit of a solution. There are loads of his friends. He knows where to go in order to keep the pain flowing. He knows where to go in order to keep the anger raging. But Christians came to him and said, no, bro, solution. Yeah. As we close. As we close. The issue what people have with Christ is, and, and the criticism will be thrown with the church. Ah, oh, see, look again, the church is putting their neck in the, in the floor, in the ground. They're the ostrich. The church is not relevant. See, they don't deal with real teens. The church don't deal with real teens. They don't deal with real teens. They're irrelevant. See, they've always kind of like blasé. They kind of like gone this stuff. But they're not, they're not dealing with the matter. They're not practical. And there's no application. And da-da-da-da-da. But listen, I'm not saying necessarily... That the church is the fulcrum of the solution. I'm saying to you that the church brings the message of the solution. Who is the way, the truth, and the life, and the ultimate solution, Jesus Christ. Amen. We will say, well, you know what, on Twitter, there's only so much space you could put up there. Because there's only few characters. So, you know, we can't really say the whole solution on there. And on, 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 on what's that? We can't put the full solution on there. You know, we've got to make it short. We've got to make it sharp. We've got to make it to the point. Very true. But then let's think about the first black president of the United States called Barack Obama. He now wants to run for president. He now wants to do something that has never been done in human history. He now wants to be the first black president of the United States. How's he going to do this? Well, he would know and his entourage would know is you've got to get to the point. So in the little WhatsApps, in the little Twitters, in the little social media he's got or he's utilizing on the space the first and the fundamental message he puts is hope hope we could show our solidarity we could show our unity our oneness our purpose no props but you better we better put more of hope than that yes and not some anorexic Jesus, not some kind of weak in thimble, saying in other words, it's just anger, anger, this will happen to me, this will happen to me, this will happen to me, this is the pain, this is the anger, this is injustice, this is but at the end, Jesus loves you. Like that does anything. Come on. Like that is any hope. Our pain, our anger, our rage is so bursting with muscles, it is so strong, it is so strapping, and then some weak. In feeble, slight, emasculated little Jesus at the end, like some type of signature, as if that atones for the anger we're cultivating in people. So Jesus, he doesn't forget. 
And that's what he's criticised for. Yeah, this heart stuff, this is heart stuff. No, Jesus is practical. He decides to be arrested in Gethsemane. Caiaphas and the whole Sadducee gangsters, they arrest him and they, and they decide to take him somewhere. And guess where they take him to be judged? Oh, Pilate. Pilate looks at this man. Are you the son of God? Are you the king of the Jews? Pilate said, speak to me. Do you not know I have the power to release you or the power to crucify you? No, Pilate. No, no, no. I've not been brought to you. I've not come to be judged by you. I've not been forced to come to you. No, Pilate, you've got it all wrong. You have been brought to me. Mm. You have been brought for me to judge you. You have been brought to me to give an account of the Galilean blood yeah. you sprinkled. I don't forget. You see what it is, Pilate? Either I get you in this world. If I don't decide to deal with you in this world, I promise you, I will deal with you in the next world. Do you know why? I'm the solution. Yeah. I am, then I am, the solution. And my people, they're not of this world that they should fight. They're not of this world where it's about anger and rage and pain and kicking off. And that's not my people. My people are the people of the solution. My people hear my voice. Don't hear the black Jews' voice, don't hear the Nubian voice, don't hear all of that. No, 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 no. They hear my voice. Mm. They hear my words' voice. My people are into justice. But they also know, as my prophet Isaiah said, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than their ways. Mm. And they also know, like what I said in Gethsemane, not my will be done, but your will will be done. That I bring the solution. Absalom swinging by his neck. Yes. Swinging by his neck. Actually, it's by his hair, but he's swinging by a tree. Nothing different from what happened back in the slavery days with KKK strangling and uh, hooking up young black men on trees. Absalom's dying. On a tree. A Hippophel, you could have stopped that. You could have spoken to him. Because of your pain, what David done to Bathsheba, your granddaughter, you could have just kind of like, but for the good of the people, because Jewish lives matter. Mm, I think about, in my mother church, Warmster, and I think about the churches I go around, I, I see a lot of young men. If I was, when you, when you speak to these young men, in, in the, where it be Warmstow, Sydenham, and uh, Lewisham, and I see, I just, you ask them a question. How many of you would have been dead in a coffin if Jesus never saved you? Mon, Do you know the amount of hands that were raised up? Just right. To say, unless Christ brought me a solution in my heart, I would be dead. My friend died. 
my relative died. I was on my way to death. If there was no solution, I was going to carry out someone else's death. And let's not do a straw man where we carry things to the extreme, a false caricature. I'm fully aware it's not only about physical retaliation, physical, I'm, I'm not aware people peacefully protest, but that's the victims. And even though we don't do, it's not about what we physically do and carry, it's about the pain in the heart. Christians, are we a solution to bring these people? Frederick Douglass, the black runaway slave I spoke about. Do you know who one of his good friends was? A man called Abraham Lincoln, who in the 1860s says, I'm going to war to bring a solution to slavery. You see the South? I don't want slavery no more. The South stopped slavery. The South said, we're not stopping slavery. So Frederick Douglass' friend called Abraham Lincoln said, well, then we war. I'm going to bring a solution. I'm going to go to war. Now, this is what, and, and this is all come out, and it's inevitable. Yeah, but then we still haven't got full liberation. But then I want you, what about the thousands upon thousands of black people who no longer have to be forced to work on the plantation? And don't give me some silly metaphor about what well, we're in plantation on our mind and we're in plantation in, in regards of our spirit because we're still bound down. No, but they're physically not being whipped to kingdom come and beaten and forced to do it. And I would ask you the question, do not black lives matter, that that is relevant. Mm, yes. Bring a solution. And I'll end it with Jesus Christ. Today, not the media, but Jesus Christ is still bringing solutions to people's lives. Let's bring our wonderful brothers and sisters and our allies like Abraham Lincoln who are part of the family of the kingdom of God, whether they be white, whether they be Chinese, whether they be Indian, whether they, they're of our kingdom, they are our brethren, they belong to the kingdom of God. We're not of the world where we deal with identity politics. There are brothers and sisters, let them join us in bringing a solution. God bless. If you're here this morning, Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ. Maybe you have no solution. But Jesus said, I am the solution. I am the solution. I'll take away that what starts racism, that what starts murder, that what starts prejudice. That what starts pain and anger, retaliation and revenge are taken away. I died on the cross to take it away. It's my blood that takes it away. My blood is the solution. Repentance is the solution. The solution. Receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal saviour. Because your life does matter.
Satisfied. Yes, God. 